Welcome to New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit newhoperock.org. That's newhoperoc.org. So uh, this has been just absolutely craziness with everything going on in the world right now. Um, all my kids are home, my wife's home, we're all sitting there just relaxing, I guess, if you will, not really. Uh, my kids actually have packets of homework, uh, my wife's home from college, doing college work from home. Um, it's just crazy times, but I think like with everything that's going on, I think sometimes we get so distracted from left to right of everything that's happening that we take the focus off of like who God is, right? God never changes. God is God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I think sometimes we get so distracted with all of this noise, if you will, that we just focus on that and we start to get caught up in this thing called fear, and it's an anxiety that we just kind of like, it's, it's almost contagious, if you will. I remember a couple weeks ago, I haven't been in the store in two weeks, and I walk in the Wegmans, and you can just see the shelves emptied. I mean, I went down to get toilet paper, and uh, the, the whole aisle of paper products was completely gone. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I felt for a moment that heaviness of the fear starting to creep in, and I was like, absolutely not, and I'm going to just partake in this fear right now, and I just kind of like pushed it away, but I think sometimes we just have all this going on, and we have to just stop for a second and just change our focus to him, and so this message I'm about to share today was actually on my heart a couple weeks ago when uh, Steve asked me to actually come up and preach, and then everything hit, and so it kind of got pushed back, but the message I'm speaking today is actually resting in God, right? Kind of funny of, of what's going on and, and the fact of all this, this craziness in the world that the message that God laid in my heart before this even took off in the United States was just resting in Him. And so let's just start, let's open with prayer, and then I'll jump in this because I'm talking really fast right now, and uh, prayer sometimes helps me slow down. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just who you are. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love, for your peace, Lord Jesus. We thank you for just the relationship. Father, I ask that you to come right now into this message. I ask you to come and you speak through me, Father God. Lord, everyone that's listening at home, I ask, Lord Jesus, you prepare their hearts, you prepare their minds, that they would be open right now in Jesus' name. Father, you just pour out your love and your peace on them, even right now as I'm teaching and preaching and just talking, that you would just show up, Holy Spirit, in their homes in their lives right now, Father God, in Jesus' name. So I was listening to um, a live stream by Heidi and Roland Baker the other day. They got on, and they were in Africa, and we had some friends of, that were on with them that were in California, and they were just kind of talking about everything that's going on in the world, and they got on to just pray and just really just go after things. And those of you who don't know Heidi and Roland Baker, you need to get to know them. They are absolutely amazing. Um, they're in Mozambique, Africa, and they are the closest thing I've ever seen to someone walking in Old Testament times, literally just praying for the sick, people getting healed left and right, and um, just crazy stuff happening, and, and people that are getting martyred down there, and they're like people getting, like, it's just craziness, but what's happening down there is that they are so sold out for the Father God and Holy Spirit that the miracles, the miraculous happen every single day. And one thing they said was that if we literally, if we don't see a miracle in a day, something's wrong, something's, something's changed for us. 
And they were talking this live stream, and I remember that our friends in California asked them, and those of you who don't know right now, there's actually some crazy stuff happening past COVID in Mozambique. Um, there's actually a group that's actually going around killing people in northern Mozambique right now and martyring people. And you would think that asking them, what can we pray right now, they would say something like that, like pray against this group. And in, in true Heidi fashion, she said, I just pray that in amidst all of this that's going on in the world right now, that this COVID that's affecting everybody, that people can just come face to face with Jesus. And I just like stopped and it really kind of like really wrecked me and, and, and really hit home of the fact of this stuff that's happening, yes, it's, it's happening and it's serious, but our God is bigger. And just that response of you need to go after and point towards Holy Spirit in this time of need was just, it just really, really connected with my heart about of, of what that looks like. And so I think that like it's a matter of pressing in and focusing on him amidst the storm, amidst what's going on and just really going after that. And so talking about rest in, in a couple minutes here, that's exactly what it is. Amidst all of this going on, amidst all of this chaos, everything that's happening in life, whether it's COVID or whether it's something else, um, just stopping and spending time with Father God. And I was thinking about this, and I'm, I'm trying not to blow my message because I'm really excited about it, and I want to give my whole message, but like, when you don't know what to do, you just get before Papa. And when you don't know what to say or pray or even to like, to, to like how to help someone, the best thing you could do is go be with him. Be with Father God. Go, go cry, go, go yell, go just be in his presence and just be with him. Throw some worse music on, just be at his feet and just say, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand what's happening. But I'm just focusing on you and I'm just, I'm just laying this at your feet because he is such a good papa. And I don't have the answers all the time. I don't have all the right things to say or do or, or, or whatever it looks like, but I know that he does. And if I get before him and I, and I just focus on him and I, and I go spend time with him, things start to happen, things start to change, and like the things that look so giant before, they don't look as scary or as big anymore. And then you start spending time with him, and in a moment, things can shift, not only in your life, but people around you. You see, I don't know everything, but I know someone that does, and you know someone that does. And it's, it's to stop that focus and just be with him, be in his presence, throw the worship music on, and just be with Father God. He craves relationship. That's the whole reason he died on the cross, was to bring back that relationship that was severed. And so he's saying now in this time of just this, all this going on, this thing is unprecedented. And he's just saying, come, be with me, be in my presence. And we should be crying out to him as a church and just being in that prayer closet. I'll stop there because I'm going to pass my message on. But I, there, there's something so profound in the moment of the shift that happens. Right, Heidi says, and, I, and I, this hits me every time I hear it, and I love Heidi. We were down with Heidi Years ago, my wife and I, for three months, down with their school down there, and she says a statement of, I cannot make it through the day without spending time with Holy Spirit. And I, it, it hits me because I pause and I'm like, can I say that in my own life? 
Can I really say that I could physically not make it through the day without spending time with him? And there's days probably that, honestly, like I didn't really pray or didn't get before him, and I think that shift needs to happen in our own hearts and our own minds, that it has to be that dependency on him. Because without him, we're nothing. And so it's that shift that has to happen in, in us and in the Western church of that, that shift of this, of that I cannot make it through the day without him. And so this resting in God, I was digging into this and it was on my heart because all of this craziness going on, I was like, how do we rest? How do we be with him? What does that look like, Father God, to just be in his presence, to just rest with him? What, is it, what do we get from it, right? We always hear these sermons of, of things that may come out of rest or come out of sleep, but I, I was really digging into it, and God was downloading some stuff to me. So I want to start in what it looks like resting and sleeping in the natural, because I feel like, right, God has his fingerprint in everything, right? He's created this world. He's created us. He's created rest. He created sleep. And so what do you actually get? What are the benefits in the natural to sleep and to rest that correlate into the supernatural? Does that make sense? Is that cool? So I'm going to read a little bit now. I did some research, and some of that maybe in the doctor field maybe can correct some of this, but these are the ones that really stuck out to me, and I, I was really searching the interwebs. Everything's not true on the internet. I understand. Um, but these ones I feel like are true in what happens when you actually relax and sleep. So listen for a second. This isn't natural, okay? Relaxation can give us more energy, better sleep. So actually relaxing helps us sleep at night. It enhances immunity, increases concentration, better problem-solving skills, greater efficiency, decreases stress, emotional stability, and less headaches and pain. Rest helps us from work we have done, whether it is our vocation, avocation, or training. So that's just, that's just relaxing, okay? That's just rest, period, in the natural. And then we look at what sleep does for us in natural, okay? Sleep, this one's great. So listen to this. Sleep serves to re-energize the body's cells, clears waste from the brain, and supports learning and memory. Let me read that one more time. In the natural, sleep serves to re-energize our body's cells, clear waste from our brain, and support learning and memory. Now, I know there's way more that sleep does, but this one I really connected with my spirit as far as what it looks like in the natural than translating it to the supernatural, Right? And we think about the fact that when we get in rest and spend time with the Father, He re-energizes our body, but not just our body, our body's cells, right? Down to the cellular level, He re-energizes us. And then He also clears out that gunk, that waste from our brain, from our body that we might have just attracted from the day, whether it's people talking to us or whatever going on, that He just cleans out our cells, cleans out our mind. Isn't that, like, amazing? And that's not all that happens in the supernatural, but I'm just taking a couple correlations of what's happening in the natural. And so what happens is, is that God's fingerprint, our creator, is on the natural. And how this translates, it's like a mirror that happens in the spiritual realm when we rest in God. Supernatural rest comes in, and it gives us these benefits, Okay? So now we're going to dive into what these benefits are, and this, this really excites me when I start to dig into this. And so number one, a renewing of your mind, switching your thoughts, your mind to God's perspective 
in actions happens when you spend time with him, when you rest in his presence. Renewing of the mind happens, switching your thoughts, your mind to godly perspective and actions. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but he transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's in a realignment, right? So it's a spiritual power practice, a realignment of your spine, of your thoughts, of your processes to his thoughts, his processes, right? When you spend time with him. Number two, peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4, 7 through 9. God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and your emotions through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, keep your thoughts on whatever is right or deserves praise. Philippians 4, 7 through 9. Peace that passes understanding. Do you understand, like, when I was, my wife and I were going on missions, and we were in the mission field, and there was some crazy stuff happening. I don't know, but like, I feel like sometimes like in the supernatural, like in a third world country, it seems like the demonic don't care, like you're in a third world country, and they're just like show up in your face, and you're like, oh my gosh, like what's happening right now? And like here, they're kind of like hide themselves a little bit. And over there, there's like craziness, but like there was this thing that would happen where this peace would come over you as, as his child, that you're like, I'm not afraid of this thing. And it would become almost like this, this uh, righteous fury, if you will, of like, you have no right being here in this territory, and we are claiming this for Jesus. And you would pray into the atmosphere, you would literally feel this physical weight, and there was this shift that would happen when you'd feel this weight just lift off your shoulder, and the whole team would look at each other, and they would literally feel on the moment that lift. And be like, all right, it's time to just go after this now. And this piece doesn't make sense natural, right? This, this, people look at you like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, people are dying over there. People, this is happening. You're like, you know, I, I'm good. And, it, and it, it doesn't make sense with natural people looking at it, but it's this peace that comes in. And when everything is in chaos, everything looks the opposite, you're good. That's what you get from Christ when you spend time with him. The things that look like a big storm, the things that look like insurmountable, unpassable, you look at it and you just could have this peace that washes over you. are like, I got this. That thing, that mountain that looks so big, I don't know how I'm going to get around this, climb over it, ah, becomes this little thing that you could jump over. By spending time with Father God, by in his presence, in with him, that transference of his anointing that goes into you, that sowing just goes into your body. Number three, you can start to dream again. God takes away layers so we can dream bigger dreams. And he wants us to dream with him. You ever hear someone where like they, they lose that sense of just their dreams? They, they lose that sense of like, Everything like in their life just seems so chaotic, so busy, so ah, uh, that they forget that they are God's children, and they forget the gifts that were placed inside of them. And it's, it's this thing where it, it's like, just dream. And then when that shift happens and they start going, you know what, I love kids, you know what, I love worshiping, you know what, I love, what if I like just did this. And I heard this story one time. It was so cool. Like, it was this guy, and he said, what do you want to do? 
And he's like, I don't know. He's like, no, what, like, what do you want to do? Do you know what his dream was? It seems so silly, but it's actually super awesome. He wanted to go around the world and travel and just dance with people. Just get in random groups and just dance. Why? Because he was spreading the love of Jesus. He liked to dance, and he would get there, and he would just change the atmosphere, and he would just start dancing. And you know what happened when he shared his dream with someone? He funded his whole trip to travel around to different countries and dance with people. He has a video. He, I watched the video, and he's sitting there in these different countries, and he's just being a goofball, just dancing. And you see the crowds coming up and just dancing with him, all being filled with joy and love. Because it was his dream that was inside his heart that God placed there. Why? Because he spent time with Father God and he pulled out those dreams, those desires, those wants, those needs that he had inside him that he was gifted for that he could dream again with Father God. And then Father God goes, hey, since you shared this, like, check this out. Not only did you share this, but I'm going to, like, make this happen now because you opened up and shared your heart, you shared your dreams, you went after this, and now you're doing it. And I don't know, I mean, he touched all these people just with dancing and love and laughing and being a goofball. How cool is that? That's awesome, church. That's absolutely amazing. Number four. This one's a good one, too. They're all good. It's all good. When you spend time with him, when you rest in him, when you just get before his face, he takes off the junk of the day. The stuff that stick to us, that fear, that self-talk, that hurt feelings, that slanderous words, the untrue words spoken over you, and he heals trauma. I'm going to say that one more time. By spending time with him, he takes off the junk that got stuck on you from the day, that fear, that self-talk, that hurt feelings, the slander, the words, the things that were untrue spoken over you, and he heals trauma. Man, that one by itself, I mean, isn't it, I mean, come on. Five, God speaks into our identity, who we are. You know, as a world today, there's this battle going on with this identity thing, and just, I'm not going to go into big, long discussion, but there's this thing of people not knowing who they are. And when you don't know who you are, you don't know what you have. And when you don't know what you have, you don't know what you can give. You don't know what you can give. Satan gets you stuck in this place of, I am nothing. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you have, you don't know what you can give, and you get stuck in this place of confusion, and I am nothing. When you spend time with him, when you realize that he is your God, when you realize that he died for you and you become his son, and you spend time with him, he speaks into who you are. Genesis 1.27 says we are created in his image. Romans 6.6, 6, no one longer is a slave to sin. 1 Peter 2.9 Chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy, a holy nation, God's special possession. He starts speaking into your identity who you are. If you are saved, you are his son, you're his daughter, he is your papa. That by itself is 
mind-blowing when you start to realize that he is the perfect papa, the perfect example, the perfect thing that looks like. Some of you might not have grown up into a place where you have that good representation of what a good father is. I can say I do. But then when you look at how good my father is, which he's amazing, but then you take Father God and you see how much more amazing Papa is, like Father, it blows you away just by spending time in his presence. And there's times where I will spend time with him and I'll be like, I'll feel like that, almost like that, that kid shame. It's not coming from him, it's coming from me. Where it's like, oh, I haven't spent time with him enough. And then you get before him in his presence and he's like, I have longed to be with you. And it's not that condemnation of like, where have you been? But it's that, ah, it's so good to be with you. And there's no condemnation in it whatsoever. And it feels so good and so loving to have a papa that is like that. And so he begins to speak into you your identity. You are my son. You're my daughter. I am well pleased. I love you. You're created in my image. You are like me. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're a chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy. And it begins to transform you. It begins to just change your thinking processes. It begins to change how you act. It begins to change how you act around others. It begins to change your posture. It's no longer of like, oh, woe is me. You spend enough time with them, you start sitting like this, and you're like, man, like, I got a good posture all of a sudden. Like, why? Oh, man, this is cool. Like, I don't even have to, like, oh, man, I didn't go to a chiropractor anymore. Like, you start holding yourself differently because you start believing what he's saying to you. Do you see that? The lies come off of all this misidentity. That's what happened in the garden, right? When Eve took the fruit, you know what? It was, a, it was an identity mix-up, She right? The serpent spoke to her and said, like, that the whole thing of like, you will begin to see and know like what God knows and all of a sudden like, wait a minute, like we were actually created in his image. We were already like Christ, right? It was that my identity mix up to even start the whole process. And so what it is, is us getting back to realizing who we are in Christ and realizing that we are like these amazing things that like God made and he's gifted us. He's placed these things inside of us and like, we are like him. We are created in his image image. We're mini Christs. What? Think about it. You were created in his image. He says, you are good. He didn't say some of you are good. You are good. He broke the mold every single time. There's only one of you. And he said, you are good. 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 Let that sink in. You are good. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. When that connects, you start to, you you can't. He loves you so deeply. You know, when I became a father, I never understood. I never understood before I became a father what it looked like when Father God said, I gave my only son. The love I have for my kids is so deep. There's nothing they could do that I would turn away from them. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do that Father God is going to turn his face from you. You know what's going to actually happen? 
you're going to think he did and you're going to turn away from him and then realize at some point that when you turn around, he's standing the same spot with his arms open ready to hug you. It's you actually thinking the lies and believing the lies that he turned away. But it's you that turned away and he's standing right behind you with his arms open saying, I'm right here. He loves you so, so deeply. Number six, he disciples us, meaning he's teaching us, correcting us, not punishing us. When you spend time with him, he begins to teach you. He begins, you begin to learn from him, and he corrects us in the ways that we may have bad theology, there might be something wrong, maybe bad actions, but it's never a rebuke or a punishment. It's a correction. Does that make sense? It's a correction in putting you on the right path. Proverbs 12.1, whoever, uh, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, Ephesians 6.4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in disciple, discipling and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6.4. Spending time with him, you actually learn his ways. I've said this before in the past with the youth group, is before you became a Christian, you were a great actor, right? You acted good, you acted like, you know, like a good person, all this stuff. But what happened was when you became a Christian, became his son, because your heart was softened, you're no longer acting, you're actually becoming and being molded back into his image. Does that make sense? So you're no longer acting the part, you're actually being transformed back into who you already were in the first place. The more you spend time with him. Uh, I, I heard this joke one time of, of some friends of mine actually in Washington State, and uh, she would send her husband to the prayer closet, and if he would come out of the prayer closet and still be in a bad mood, she'd be like, you didn't have a long enough time yet. And she would send him back in the prayer closet to spend more time with Father God until he came out and he's like, hey. But it's true. Your mood can shift in a moment by spending time with him. Number seven. He gives us grace and love for people. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. You know, the only reason we learn how to love in the first place is, is through him. We don't really understand what love fully is until we actually learn it from Father God, the person that created love. And sometimes we think we know what love is, and then we spend time with him, and you're like, oh my gosh, I am so backwards on what I thought love was. And this is a process, guys. This isn't like a Boom, you're instantly the best person ever in the world, and you're instantly like the best lover in the world. It's a process. That's why we call it like walking in faith, right? We walk from like glory to glory, right? We go glory to glory, glory. We don't go glory to glory, glory. We go glory to glory, glory with Christ Jesus. We spend time with him, and he teaches how to love better. Even with your spouses, how to love better. This morning, I'm going to share it, and sorry, Crystal, if you're listening. This is, this is something that's happened this morning. I was trying to get to church. One of my cars was dead because I haven't been driving in a while. And I was like, I need the keys for their one. And I, I got upset, and I was like, ah, oh, Crystal, where'd you put the keys? Can you please just hang them on the hook? Like, ah, how dare you? Come to find out, they're in my coat pocket. <laughs> and uh, I stood corrected, and I felt a little dumb, but I realized something that I was so quick to judge opposed to just switch that and be like, honey, I do not know where the keys are. Can you please help me find them? Do you see the difference there? 
How dare you not put them on the hook? It was actually my fault. I can't find them. Can you please help me find them? There's There's a shift there. And I think that when we start to learn how to love, we start to be able to communicate in a different way to people, and you actually start to legitimately care for other people, not just for them, but also for their souls. And what I mean by that is that it becomes this, this shift where, like, I generally care for you, want the best for you, and I also want you to succeed, but I also care that you are going to a better place when you die. And it becomes this shift, and I think even in our culture today, like, where we're at with, like, all of this going on, I think what's happening is that God's interjecting that love thing into us. I'm trying to touch my face. I see you over there. I'm, I'm like, don't touch it. Don't touch your face. Um, but uh, with everything that's going on, did you see that humanity is actually coming back into humanity? Do you see that he's actually getting in there and he's having people reach out to people? How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Why were we not doing this before? I mean, the pastoral team was, yes, but like, the, but like everyone, why were we not doing this before? I've, ta- I've talked in the past couple weeks to more people than I've talked to like years in my life of like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Like, I'm becoming like a little pastor, but like, why were we not doing this before this all hit? And you see, even amidst all of this going on, Father is interjecting that love, that humanity back into it. And I joke because I love the movie, you know, like, um, we're becoming more, uh, what was it? It was the crews. They say when they go on their travels and they say, um, I grew, I grew, we're, gonna grow, uh, we're going to grow closer as a family. And it's happening. And it, it's, it's gapping different religions. It's gapping different, like, cultures and all this stuff. And it's becoming the love that looks like something from Father God. Hey, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Is there anything I can get you? Do you need me to just like voice? My mom, my mom, okay, sent me today. She's been reaching out. We got into this group chat, okay? And she sent us this chart. How are you feeling? And it has like hearts on it. Different color hearts mean different color things. And she sent this to our family asking us like, how are you? What? She's never done that. I, she's a very, she loves us. But like even that aspect of like checking up, that's God's heart. How are you today? Your whole being, not just do you need food, not just this, but like how are you? And that's something that's getting back into like humanity as us, as, as we're walking in this, that God's imparting into his people. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal. He's teaching us how to love. Number eight. I know I'm going a little long on time. Sorry here, guys. I'm, I got some more notes, though. You're good, right? Cool. You can't see you, so I'm just going to go for it. Um, giving you grace. All right, I did that one. Sorry. Eight. Relationship building. When you spend time with him, right? I said it before. When he, the whole process of the cross was to bring back, right? One of the things was that relationship that was lost. Not all of it. One of the things. He craves relationship. When you spend time with him, you get that relationship. You begin to trust in him. You begin to have grow your faith. You begin to spend time with him, and it changes you where you start to get an assurance from him knowing your papa is good. 
so that when you call on him, you know he's going to answer. You know he's going to do things. When you step out and you begin to do things, you know he's going to show up. Number nine, purpose and direction. He gives you purpose. He gives you direction. Sometimes people have lost their purpose in life. They don't know who they are, right? It kind of correlates with identity. He pours into you purpose and direction when you spend time with him. Number 10, he gives us strength, right? He re-energizes us by spending time with him. He fills us up. He, he takes what was empty and fills us up. Psalm 46, 1 through 2, you guys can look that up yourselves, so I'm going to pass that on, uh, gives us strength. Number 11, he raises your faith level. By spending time with him, he raises our faith. Hebrews 11, 6, and also 1 Corinthians 2, 5 speaks into that. He raises our faith by spending time with him. You can spend time with him and all of a sudden just go out and preach and be like, you have this new fervency about you. You're like, oh my gosh, like, I believe what he's saying. I believe his word. Like, how do you get that? By spending time with him in his presence and, and, and just soaking it up and just being there and just taking that faith from the throne. Number 12, he fills us up. He re-energizes us. Some of us are walking around on empty, parched, and we need a drink. Just spend time with him. Take that sip. Take that guzzle. Take that time with him and just be filled up. Um, yesterday, I actually had a lot going on, um, and uh, I was just spent. My kids were home. We're doing homework with them. I did a conference yesterday. I was working on the sermon yesterday, and I just threw on some words music, and I just was laying in his presence and just being with him, being filled up, taking that big swig. It's there always for you. It's better of us going to him and just taking it. So how did Jesus do it? What does that look like? Because I think that there's this thing of talking about what is all possible, what do you get from rest, what do you get from sleep, being with God, right? And I think one of our best examples is Jesus, what he did in his life, and what that looks like. How do we actually attain this rest. Sure, spending time with God. Well, what do you mean? Like, it's being in his presence. It's being there. But if we look at Jesus' life, and I'll just throw out a couple of scriptures for you guys, and I think that they have some of these in the back to put up for you. But we'll start with Luke 5, 15 through 16. Jesus walking around through the crowd, and he's healing the sick. And if you look at the end of the verse here, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I'm not sure why they were lonely places other than he wanted to get away from the crowds, Right? And he prayed. He spent time with Father God. We see Jesus even taking time to rest and spend time with his Father. If Jesus is doing it, the one that we look to as our example, that's what we need to do, right? We need to, to pull ourselves back for a moment. You can't go outside anyways. Pull yourself back. Spend time with him in your prayer closet. Pray. Get before his face. Pray. Just put worship music on and just be with him. Mark 1, 35 through 37. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He spent time with Father God. Luke 22, 39 through 45, he withdrew about a stone's throw, so not that far, right? Our social distancing, maybe six feet, maybe 20 feet. And he knelt down and he prayed. Prayed, prayed, prayed. I have multiple other verses here. Matthew 14, 23, he went up on the mountainside by himself and prayed. 
Mark 6, 46, Luke 6, 12, Luke 5, 16, Luke 9, 18, Matthew 23, 36, Matthew 26, 42, Mark 14, 32, Luke 11, 1. There's multiple other ones. You can put that in slow motion when you watch the video again to clear all those. But what I'm getting at is that he would get away, he would pray, and get before the Father. Jesus would need time by himself to recharge, to get his faith filled, to get this poured into by Father God. If Jesus is doing it, that's what we need to do. We need to get in this place of this changing of looking left to right to looking at him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know how to get through the day. I don't know how I'm going to get homework done. I don't know how I'm going to get my kids to do their homework. I don't know how to get them to stop screaming. I don't know how to stop yelling at my wife. I don't know how to stop to like make dinner. Stop and pray and be with Father God. Just stop and just be with him. I'm telling you, it'll make a difference. I've said this before in, in, in other talks, and my wife and I really don't fight that much at all. We have a great relationship, and I, I'll be, I'm truthful, like, when we would fight in Africa, we were fighting over who had the last soda. I mean, like, it wasn't like crazy fights. But I remember this one time, I don't even remember what the fight was about. And I got to the place where God really tugged in my heart, and he, he was like, all right, I don't know what to do, how to make this better, but I feel bad about this. I just started praying. And I remember my wife from the other room, she yells out and she goes, you're praying, aren't you? <laughs> she felt the shift in her heart from Father God coming in and intervening, that repentance that was there, that I was like, oh, I don't know what to do except to pray. And she comes in and she literally said she felt her heart change and her heart melt. Prayers make a difference. Father God makes a difference. We look at Jesus and we look at when he's going across the, the sea, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And I'll, I'll close with this and I'll go into just how do we go from here. And I'll have Steve come up and just play some worship for us. But Matthew 8, 23 is when Jesus is going across the lake, right? And there's storm comes out. And this is a great example of, of what it looks like to have a life of spending time with Christ, a life of resting in him, right? You see this storm happen and the disciples are all freaking out. We're going to drown, right? COVID, we're going to die. All this is going on. And in this midst of this storm going on, Jesus is sleeping when his disciples think the boat is going to sink because he has this life that is laid down to Father God resting in him, praying with him, getting before him, getting that assurance that when he prays that Papa shows up and he's good. And he's sleeping amidst the storm, wakes up so calm and silences it in a moment. That is a life that is laid down, a life that is getting before the Father in his prayer closet, getting before him when anything comes up, taking time and praying, resting in Papa. It's our best example. He would sneak away when things got crazy and say, I need to rest. 
and you would be with him. So how do we do this? It's as simple as just being in the moment, stopping whatever craziness is going on, silencing that self-talk in your own head, getting away from distractions, taking a breath, and focusing on him. So right now, I just ask, Father God, that you just come. Come in this place. Come into everyone's house right now, Father God, into their rooms, wherever they're watching this stream right now. And Lord, I ask you just pour out your peace into that place right now. Father, those distractions would just go. That self-talk would just diminish right now in Jesus' name. Church, lift your hands. Come on, press into this those burdens, those things that feel so monumental, those things that feel so hard or the, the finances, what do I do? Oh my gosh, what if I get COVID? What if I get sick? Stop. Stop. Focus on him right now. Your papa loves you so much. When you ask him for something, he does not give you a serpent. He doesn't give you a rock. He shows up. Things happen. So right now, put your hand over your mind. Say, mind, silence, thoughts be gone, fear be gone. Come on, church, fear be gone. Father, I pray peace right now over your people. I pray peace into their homes. I pray peace over their finances, Father God. Father, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know that you'll show up. Father, I pray right now that finances show up. Father, I pray that bank accounts get filled. I pray that bills that can't be paid are paid. Father, I release your peace into those places, into those hearts, into those thoughts right now in Jesus' name. We strip off that fear. We say, fear, go in Jesus' name. Father, come more, more, deeper still. Come on, church, call it out, those things that you're afraid of, those things that you just don't know what to do with. Just speak them out now. Speak them out loud. Lay them before the Father. Just lay them out there. He is a good Papa. Father, come. Take those things, Lord Jesus. Take those things, Father God. Lord, pour out on your people right now your blessings, Father God, your comfort. Release your storehouses, Father God. Heidi Baker one time had this vision with the Lord and she saw herself stepping into this warehouse full of food. She had another other one she stepped into full of body parts and Father God spoke to her and said, anytime, anytime you are in need, you can come here and take whatever you need. So right now, church, I'm saying that those storehouses are open in heaven. Storehouses of food, storehouses of finances, storehouses of hazmat gear, whatever it is that you're crying out for love, peace, and relationships, hurting bodies, whatever it is, pain, sickness, I say that those storehouses are open in heaven, and Father God is saying, come up here, church. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Reach out. Grab it. Take it. It is yours. He has given you the keys of the kingdom, so cry it out. Cry out. Cry out and take it. So, Father, I release those things right now, Father God. We see those prayers, and we pray into them right now in Jesus' name. We say, COVID, die in Jesus' name. Father, I release your healing touch into the body. Father, I say no more sickness. I say just heal that cancer right now in Jesus' name. 
Father, pour out the finances in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus. issues sleeping I come against that now in Jesus name I said that tonight you have a wonderful night's sleep the best you've had in many months I pray rest over people Father God I pray that when we spend time with you that thing happens that we're like oh my gosh things shift in a moment huh yes Lord thank you Father maybe we be a church a people that has so much peace that people don't understand. How are you so calm? What is happening? Something shifted in you. You weren't the same. What happened? Something happened Sunday. There was a shift. I felt it. I could see it. You're different. Your continence to be. You're holding yourself different. You, church, are lights of the world. You, church, are his sons, his daughters. You, church, are peace bringers, shifter of atmospheres, releasers of his glory. It says in his word, pray for the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say sometimes. It says they will recover. Stand on his word, church. Go after it. Pray for your friends. Pray for your other people. Pray through Zoom. I don't care what it is on the phone. Go after it. Chase after him in this time like you've never chased after him before in your life. This too shall pass. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace, Father God. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place today, that you just continually, this day, just fill us up that Holy Spirit, you speak to us today, that you give out those dreams, those visions, those things. Lord, I pray that today you just give us that little tick of, I need to spend time with you, God. Lord, that you shift our minds, you shift our thinking, that you go, I cannot make it through the day without spending time with you, Papa. And I tell you what, you're gonna be a different church when we finally come back together. Spend time with him. Let him love on you. listening to this week's message. Our prayer is that you've heard a now word for your own life and experienced the life-changing presence of God.